Hey there, it's Peter Dugan. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. You know, recording this material for you is such a pleasure for us, but it's not free to produce. So if you can, please reach out to us with a contribution at fromthetop.org. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much, everyone, and enjoy the program. From NPR. It's from the top. Celebrating the power of music. In the hands of America's kids. Greetings. Welcome to the program. I'm pianist Peter Dugan, and thank you so much for joining me today. And yeah, as usual, it's going to be fun with a group of crazy talented young people for you to meet, but also one of From the Top's recurring co-hosts, violinist Charles Yang, returns to the show. He's bringing his unique, uh, joyous, and generous spirit to the proceedings, and he's going to collaborate with three of the young players we've got on the show. And today, I want to thank Texas Public Radio for hosting today's in-person recordings in San Antonio, Texas at their Malou and Carlos Alvarez Theater. Before we go to Texas, though, we're going to meet three outstanding teenage players from the New York City area. The first is from Queens, New York. It's 17-year-old Liu Chen. Liu, it's so nice to be with you. Hi, Peter. It's nice to be here. You're about to play a piece called Entranced with Mountain Scenery by Li Shang Chen. And I heard that your sister actually inspired you to want to play this piece. What's the story there? Okay, so maybe 2018, 2019, she was playing it in preparation for a competition herself. And our rooms are pretty close together at uh-huh. our house. Um, I can I can hear every like noise that comes, comes out of her room. Uh-huh. And so... And it sounded pretty good, actually. Oh. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, what is this? And so I would, you know, go into her room. I would sit on her bed, and be like, play for me. And secretly, you were planning to steal it from her all oh along. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was thinking this sounds cool. I think I can play it better. So mm. well, <laughs> no. it is a really cool piece. We're going to hear more about that wonderful bond that you have with your sister too after you play. But first, let's go to the mountains.
We heard Entranced with Mountain Scenery by Li Shangqian, performed by 17-year-old violinist Li Yuchen from the Bayside area of Queens, New York. And Li Yu is one of our Jack Kent Cook young artists. Li Yu, what a fantastic piece that is, and you just brought it to life with so much individuality. Thank you. Before you played, you talked about your sister's musicianship, but your father is also a music lover. Did he study as a kid? Um, he didn't have the opportunity to study as a kid. Um, he and my mom both grew up during the time of the Cultural Revolution. And so uh, music and the arts weren't as highly valued as they, like, as much as they loved it. And so my dad was an amateur guitarist. And by college, I think he was putting up like secret posters on uh, like bulletin boards, encouraging his like students, even professors to play. Wow. Um, and then... You know, and then I heard that it was music that actually brought your parents together. <laughs> yeah. How did that work? So um, my mom was working um, at the at a hotel, um, and mm-hmm. my dad was using that location slash place to teach students, actually. And so I guess they, I don't know where they met exactly, but maybe it was the hotel lobby. He was strumming out a few tunes, and she was uh. like, oh. <laughs> And I mean, yeah, they've always tried to keep music very strong and like as a really strong bond with my family. Well, speaking of strong bonds with your family, we heard that your sister inspired you with this 
piece you played, but also I know you two are just really close in general. For instance, I know that she helped you in understanding and navigating your ADHD. Yeah. So growing up in elementary school was where I noticed that like some of my, I guess, like behavioral patterns were different. While um, I was like, I was intellectually like academically high achieving. Yeah. Like there were those other like behavioral issues that um, were quote issues. So Uh every time I had a report card, my mom would be like, okay, let's take a look at discipline. Uh, (laughs) She wouldn't look at the other ones. Because everything else was all the straight A's. And and she was like, okay, you know, you should work on that a lot more. And so now that I'm older and now that I've also reflected on it, I realized that like that was a lot of like just overlooked ADHD and ADHD is um, lesser known in, well, not lesser known, but lesser spotted in uh, younger girls. Uh, because mm. most um, m- most of like the teachers, they would probably like look out for boys who were like troublemakers. And so, huh. let's say if I ever like did something that was like out of the ordinary for I guess like a typical girl, then they would see it like, oh, mm, maybe you're not applying yourself. Um, <laughs> there's like all, all right. other phrases that I would hear. So when I first uh, wanted to maybe get an official diagnosis, I had asked my parents about, oh, like, what do you think about this potential thing? Uh Um, Both of my parents, you know, they grew up in a very, like, traditional household and, like, considering the environment they were raised into, they didn't quite understand, like, mental health as well. And so knowing that my sister also, like, I know that she did go through some tough times in high school, um, I decided to seek her out as well. But then I knew that in order to like go see someone, I would have to bring a parent or guardian. And so mm-hmm. when my sister turned 21, I asked her to take me uh. um, <laughs> and she was really understanding. Um, she like sat me down. She was like, OK, how can I best help you? And she was like, I don't let's first go to a pediatrician and then mm-hmm. uh, we can cold call offices from there. And right. for every appointment that I had, like whether it went well or didn't go well, uh, she would always be there. Well, I want to thank your sister, not just for being such a great friend to you, but also for introducing you to that piece. And I'm sure she's going to love hearing that performance you just played of it. And you're a senior now. So any idea where you're going to end up next year? I'll be going to Columbia next year. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Liu Chen, 17 years old from Queens, New York. For the last 15 years, from the top in the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, have awarded over $3 million in scholarships to talented young musicians who have financial need. We still have more to give. Go to fromthetop.org to learn more. Peter. Thanks, Joanne. Well, if the first piece on today's program took us to the mountains of China, our next piece takes us to the cafes of Buenos Aires. We're going to hear Astor Piazzolla's haunting piece, Oblivion, arranged for violin and guitar. To play it, a duo from the Juilliard Pre-College Division in New York with 18-year-old violinist Amy Bashkurt and 17-year-old guitarist Heather Wang.
Astor Piazzolla's Oblivion, arranged for violin and guitar by John Geist and Robert Moses and performed by the AHA duo, Amy Boschkert, 18, on violin, and Heather Wang, 17, on guitar. Both Amy and Heather are from the New York City area, and their coach is Tali Roth. That was absolutely so inviting. The sound just brought me in, and you created such a beautiful vibe, both of you. Mm. So uh, evocative. I, I love the performance. Thank you. Guitar and violin, I have to say, is a rather unusual combination. Yes. When you had your coachings, what sorts of issues would be coming up? What would you work on? I think um, because our um, coach is a, a guitarist herself, mm-hmm. um, she would mostly, I'd say, pick on Heather the most, <laughs> um, mostly yeah. in terms of like, um, like projecting sound, I think was something we definitely focused on and definitely having a sound balance between violin and guitar. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, Heather, for you, what's been exciting about playing 
with a violin and specifically with Amy? So working with Amy is always a blast. It's really fun. We always seem to have similar musical ideas. And even if we don't, like we always come to a consensus naturally. Like we don't actually talk about like, hey, I think we should do this here. Like it kind of just naturally happens. That's the best. Yeah, That's the best when it just when it just happens organically like that. Well, it makes sense because you two are great collaborators. You actually collaborate in a totally different way as well beyond music. You make a podcast together. Yes. Heather, what is the podcast and how did it all come about? Yeah, so the podcast name is called um, The Whole Note, Voices of Chamber. Mm -hmm. And it basically is a podcast that kind of investigates how cultural diversity impacts the world of chamber music. Mm. And basically just, I think, the music world and industry these days in general. Um, We entered a competition hosted by, I think it's the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center. It was called the Young Musicians Innovation Challenge. And I think that... Um, although like there was a lot of work to do for it to kind of propose the idea and get it out there and also to get it started in general, I think that it was very rewarding. Yeah. There's, you, you've had a number of great guests on the podcast. Yes, Has there sure. been anything in particular that you feel like you've learned or, or that surprised you during the course of these conversations with pro musicians, Amy? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the main goals of our podcast is to break the barrier between what is chamber music and what is not. Mm-hmm. So, um, Gosh, just what we've learned um, is definitely how these different chamber um, groups that we've interviewed have been able to Mm. implement gospel, jazz, and different additions to the definition of chamber music. Yeah. Right. So kind of just expanding our concept of what we can accept into this canon of music and realizing that there's room for so much. Definitely. I, I, I love that. And well, what's what's next for for you both? I mean, um, you're obviously both incredibly accomplished musically, um, but you have all these other interests. Where do you where do you see the next step being for you? Yeah, so um, I have been accepted to college. <laughs> that I think is the next step. Congrats! Yay. And are you? Is it going to be music for you? Or yeah, there... oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to major in music, and I'm also going to do pre med. So I'm kind and of. Pre-med. What, do you, what about you, Heather? Um, I think that I hope to study either comparative literature or art history, and I'm also interested in doing um, pre-med as well. Wow. Uh, I, I find it very exciting to chat with musicians like yourselves who are so well-rounded, and uh, I think it's really inspiring, and ultimately it makes you even more well-rounded artists. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us and thank for you. your piazzola. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you for having us. Violinist Amy Bashkert, 18, and guitarist Heather Wang, 17, both from the New York City area. If you subscribe to From the Top's podcast, you can download whatever episodes you want and listen on demand. They're available at fromthetop.org. This is pianist Peter Dugan, and pulling up a chair beside me right now is one of my very favorite people in the world, I have to say. He's a violinist of incredible range, incredible charisma. He's a composer. He's a songwriter. He's a vocalist. He's a member of the groundbreaking trio Time for Three, and he and I have had a duo of our own for over 10 years. It's my very, very dear friend, Mr. Charles Yang. Charles, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Peter, I am always thrilled to be here next to you to do a show like this. Well, you know, last time we were co-hosting together, it was near my hometown of Philadelphia. Right. But this time, we're striking close to your home, literally, the home that you grew up in, Charles. We're recording this section of the program at Texas Public Radio's Malou and Carlos Alvarez Theater in San Antonio, Texas. And did you, have you gotten a chance to visit with your parents, Charles? Yeah, I was born and raised in Austin, which is only an hour and a half away. So Great. every time I come back, I hang with them. 
Beautiful. Well, we've gathered quite a few fellow Texans for you to collaborate with today. Will you introduce your first musical partner on the program? Oh, yes. It's Vincent Garcia Hedinger, 16, from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the program, Vincent. Glad to be here. And hey, congrats. You're getting one of our Jack Kent Cook Young Artist Awards. Woohoo! I'm really excited. Well, it's well deserved, my friend. What are you and Charles going to treat us to right now? Yeah, we're going to play Three Dances in the Old Style by Lara Arbuck. Okay, well, Charles, sit, you do the honors. Wow, you're giving it to me. Yeah, go ahead and say it. Well, Vincent, let's take it from the top. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Three Dances in the Old Style by Lyra Auerbach, performed by 16-year-old cellist Vincent Garcia Hedinger from San Antonio, Texas, along with my co-host today, violinist Charles Yang. That was a real treat to hear you two perform that. Charles, uh, thank you. what did you think of Vincent's approach? Oh, man, Vincent, what a, what a beautiful, colorful player, you know? Thank you. Um, and it's just such a... It's such a joy to make these weird sounds with you yeah. in these pieces because we get to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and I share the fact that we both grew up in a musical Texas family. My mom taught me violin. What's the musical scene at your home like? Mm-hmm. So my mom is a violinist and violist. My dad is a violinist and my brother is also a violinist. So <laughs> growing up in my house, there was a lot of music always. <laughs> this is a big musical family. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I, I know for a fact with my mom, um, just being musicians in the family, sometimes it can be tough, you know, we get on each other's nerves. Does that happen with you? Yeah. I mean, when we're practicing, sometimes there's a little bit of debate and argument <laughs> to who gets the good room. Cause there's, Ooh, there's, a good there's, room at home. there's some bad acoustics in our house. Let's just say that. And, uh, the computer room has the best acoustics, so we're always arguing and bickering who gets to <laughs> practice in the computer room. Plus, <laughs> it's got the computer in it for when you take your breaks from practicing, yeah, you know, course. there it is. Mm-hmm. That's got to factor that, into it gotta a little be, bit, That's right? got to be why it's a good room. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent, I know that your mom and dad are obviously massive influences of yours, but uh, your grandparents are fans of yours, from what I understand, <laughs> yeah. and during the pandemic, you were performing for them all the time on Zoom. But isn't it true that there was a time when your grandfather, who was so used to hearing you perform in the comfort of his own home via Zoom, that when he went to a live concert, something went wrong? Yeah, so he wasn't really used to the whole uh, concert attire again because it had been years. Right. And, uh, yeah, so he showed up to the concert in slippers instead of his dress shoes. <laughs> right. And yeah. he was comfortable. Now, yeah. Are we Very talking like uh, little cute slippers with paint? What kind of slippers was he wearing? I think they were pink. Of Whoa. course they were. <laughs> They're pink See? slippers. Yeah. I wasn't far off. Well, I hear you like to mix up genres of music. I mean, that's kind of what we like, love to do. Yeah, we do it all the time. Um, you occasionally play the play like a pop tune on your cello or something. Do you, does your family join in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all done like some uh, Purple Rain concerts. Uh, Whoa! I'm also a big MJ fan, so MJ. MJ. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know a thing or two about Michael Jackson's tunes. Songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you mean, you would maybe give us a little taste of that, and mind if we sit in with you a little bit? Yeah. Sure.
Vincent Garcia Hedinger, 16 years old, from here in San Antonio, Texas. And Vincent will be back later on in the program to play as part of the final piece, Schubert's Trout Quintet. Vincent Garcia Hedinger's appearance on this week's From the Top is sponsored by Nancy and Richard Lubin. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. From the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. From NPR, it's From the Top, celebrating the power of music in the hands of America's kids. Coming up, violinist and co-host Charles Yang joins Peter Dugan and the young musicians on today's program to perform Franz Schubert's Trout Quintet. Special thanks this week to Texas Public Radio for hosting our in-person recording at their Malou and Carlos Alvarez Theater. From the Top's host, pianist Peter Dugan, is sponsored by Susan and Gerald Slavitt. Our next Texas performer comes from the town of Flower Mound in the Dallas area. He's a 17-year-old violist named Manas Varma, and he now joins me and my co-host today, violinist Charles Yang. Hey, Manas. Welcome to the program. It was so amazing to see you work with Peter um, and rehearse this Prokofiev. Why don't you introduce it? Okay, so we're going to be playing uh, Prokofiev's Masks from the Romeo and Juliet Suite, and it's arranged by Heifetz. All right, take it away. Thank you. 
Act One, Scene Two, titled Masks, from Sergei Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet, performed by 17-year-old violist Manas Varma from Flower Mound, Texas. I'm Peter Dugan. I was at the piano, and I'm now sitting down to chat with Manas, along with my co-host for today, Charles Yang. Oh, man, you all rocked that. Such a cool arrangement and such a cool collaboration between viola and piano. That's some virtuosic stuff that you're playing. And that you. bow control. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Um, so we just experienced your commitment uh, to viola and music, but I heard you're also extremely committed to environmental activism. How did you start down this path? Uh, so the first thing I did was join my school's Globally Green Club. And alongside uh, joining the club, I was, um, and I still volunteer at the Fort Worth Botanical Garden, you know, keeping that garden kind of like a beautiful sacred space. And my role in that kind of, that's led me to, yeah, bigger things. And those bigger things, more recently, you're doing this global project with an organization called Bowsy, right? Yes. I've never heard of that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so that organization, basically, the focus is... Um, on empowering youth and in particular teens um, to use creative mediums such as poetry, literature, art, um, music composition, things like that to raise awareness for environmental issues. Um, They have like a council of about 20 members uh, from around the world and we work with project groups from around the world so we have like we mentor teams of youth from different places and help them with their projects that's so inspiring (laughs) yeah there is a one project that i heard about that you're involved with the in the himalayas that i just thought was really cool would you talk about that one yeah so there's this water temple um in the village that they live in and it's gone out of use and it used to serve as like kind of a focal point for local water sources but also um it used to just serve like as a symbol for protecting kind of the water in the area um and because it's gone out of use no one has really been giving or taking any interest in um, you know, water conservation or proper water management. So basically, their objective of that group and what we've been helping them with is um, gathering enough youth from that village to make wall murals um, in that temple so that, you know, the wall murals can tell a sort of story about the evolution of um how water used to be used and how it should be used and what can happen in the future if we use it correctly. That's great. Yeah. So Manis, um, it's obvious that you have your heart is fully in to activism and the environment. Um, and can we talk about how you started loving this so deeply as you do the viola? Um, it just seeing in particular like problems with you know like wastewater treatment and like how um you know the um effects of global warming on like the thermohaline cycles like how that basically affects like coastal communities and how that you know ravages their whole economy and how people are at the end of this and Mm. you know the fact that um we continue to move on at a pace that is completely detrimental to the health of the earth, you know, that just kind of doesn't sit right with me. So I feel like that's in particular why I'm so invested in this issue. It's amazing to hear that you talk about in the way that you synthesize the the science and also the real life 
issues here. Wow. Thank you. So beautiful. Well, Manas, just like Vincent, who we met earlier, you're going to be back at the end of the program to join Charles and me in our finale performance of a movement from Schubert's Trout Quintet. Until then, thanks for being with us. Thanks for chatting with us, and we'll see you real soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Manas. Manas Varma, 17 years old from Flower Mound, Texas. Peter Dugan here with my co-host today, violinist Charles Yang, and I have the pleasure now of collaborating with a fantastic young bassist. I'm going to go set up at the piano, so Charles, will you do the honors? It would be my honor. This is double bassist Christian Lueveno from Corinth, Texas. Christian, how old are you? I'm, I'm currently eight, 18 years old. And you're playing the third movement of double bass concerto number one by Andres Martin. How did you learn about this piece, and who is the composer? So my teacher actually knows the composer, and um, the composer is a really great Argentinian composer. But I saw my teacher play this piece more than a few years ago, but I really wanted to play the piece, and at the time I didn't have the facility to, but now I'm playing this piece, and it's a really great opportunity for me, and I'm, I'm really excited to share it with people. Oh, we're excited, too. You ready to play it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hear it.
Bassist Christian Luevano, 18 years old from Corinth, Texas, performed the third movement of Double Bass Concerto Number no. 1 by Andres Martin. Peter Dugan here, and I was at the piano. Christian and I are joined today by my co-host, Charles oh, Yang. Man, that was so awesome. That was pretty fun, huh? Yeah. That's, uh, first of all, quite a part. You're playing an orchestra part yeah, on piano. It's a workout for the piano, but what That's about a, this young man? It's a pretty big workout on the bass. What a great piece. And you're just nailing all those runs and... It's incredible. Yeah, killer, <laughs> killer performance. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. So tell Charles about your big upcoming premiere performance that you have. Oh, yeah. So I have a, a premiere of a new concerto for bass and string orchestra written by Andreas Martin uh, for me, actually. What? Which the same composer be, we just heard. Yeah, same composer. Same full composer. circle. It's going to be a full circle. It's going to yeah. be a killer, killer piece. It's really hard. I got to practice more. And uh, I'm really, really wow. excited to share this new rep. For what bass. orchestra are you playing with? I'm playing with my high school orchestra because my director actually worked together with my uh, teacher to get this commission for me because uh, she does something every year to kind of honor her musicians who have made Allstate. But since I made the top symphony all four years, she wanted to do something a bit different for me. And this is definitely in that different category. Shout out to teachers all over the yeah. place because that's a, that's, a that's a huge thing for her to do. Is he going to be able to hear this recording first? I hope so. Yes. Yes, I'll send All it right. to him. So bring me into the beginning of your musical journey. How'd you start? So I'm from one of those families where one of my parents is a musician. Yeah. So uh, my mom roped me into it at the ripe young age of five. I was telling Vincent earlier in the show about the fact that my mom played violin, and it wasn't easy having a talented mom. We would always fight all the time about musical things. How was that for you? Um. Well... You know, now that I'm older, I really appreciate it. But when I was younger, I was really annoyed by it because I'd be <laughs> practicing something and she'd go, oh, Christian, it's not like that. I'm like, Mom, oh. stop. Like, I remember <laughs> yeah. one time um, I, I was having trouble with some rhythms and she was like, do you want help? And I was like, no, Mom, they're bass rhythms. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't, As opposed you to? You wouldn't be able to help me. Opposed to clarinet rhythms, you know. And at, at, at the age of seven, I thought there was a big difference, but right. apparently there's not. Wow. So you touched on the fact that you got into the Texas All-State Orchestra for a few years. Can we take a moment to praise that orchestra? I mean, that's a big, that's a big deal, Yeah, Texas All-State Orchestra. Yeah, it was, um, it was really a shock when I got in my first year, but it was really the moment kind of where my musical career kind of took a turn um, when I was playing Ride of Spring in 2019, uh, really the first big symphonic piece I'd ever played. I was really, really immersed in that and really in awe of all the amazing musicians I was around. And so mm -hmm. actually when the convention finished after the concert and we were driving home the next day and I got back to school, I was like, man, like the world just, it's not the same. People don't <laughs> understand what I'm going through right now. Like I just, yeah. I need to play more music. You were hooked. Yeah. I was hooked and uh, definitely like an all-state hangover, but um, <laughs> so it's it's just it's been a fun ride and it I hope it's going to continue being a fun ride. I think it will be. Oh, yeah. absolutely! 
And we're going to continue our ride right here in the studio right now. Um, thank you so much, Christian. And, and you're going to join us for another piece of music right now. Rejoining us for a very special final piece today are two performers we met earlier, 16-year-old cellist Vincent Garcia Hedinger from here in San Antonio and 17-year-old violist Manas Varma from Flower Mound, Texas. Combine those two players with me at the piano, my co-host Charles on the violin, and Christian, our 18-year-old bassist, and you've got a perfect ensemble to play what piece, Charles? We're going to play the Trout Quintet by Franz Schubert. Indeed we are. You all ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Yes, sir. I'm ready, Mr. Dugan. I guess. (laughs) Well, it sounds like the team is assembled. But before we launch into this final performance, I do want to thank all the young musicians we've met on the program today, not only for sharing their music, but also for sharing their humanity. And Charles, my brother, man, I'm so happy you were here with us today. My bro. And love spending time with you and hearing you perform. Always love playing with you and always inspired by everyone that plays on From the Top. Thanks. And to you listening in your home office or in the car or in the lobby of some hotel while waiting on a friend. Thanks for being here. And now the finale of the Piano Quintet in A Major by Franz Schubert, otherwise known as the Trout Quintet.
From the Top is produced by Tim Banker and music director Megan Swan. Sound design and editing by John Escobar. Our production manager is Matt Dykman. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. I'm Joanne Robinson. Special thanks this week to Nathan Cohn at Texas Public Radio. Additional engineering assistance by Edwin Hewitt at Octave in Audio in Mount Vernon, New York. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from Senior Helpers, providing families with personalized in-home care for seniors and those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's, committed to helping loved ones remain safe and independent at home. At SeniorHelpers.com. From Jarl and Pamela Moan, thanking the people who make public radio great every day and also those who listen. And from the William T. Grant Foundation at wtgrantfoundation.org. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.